Hey, what's going on, champs? I'm Erin Deliosa. Welcome to an Immigrant's Life podcast, my podcast about immigrants and immigration and everything in between. Thank you for listening and downloading the show, and thank you for supporting my dad. You already know, new month, new week, and another new episode. But before we talk about the episode, I'd like to share something with you all. And essentially, thank you as well. Last month, An Immigrant's Life had the most downloads in all the months since we started this podcast, and it made me really proud and happy. It only shows that all our hard work is paying off, and that's because of all your support. So thank you so much, and let's continue achieving these goals together. Of course, if you want to continue supporting our humble community, please continue to share the podcast on your social media or even word of mouth. Even tell your friends and family about the podcast. But most importantly, please hit that subscribe or follow button on whatever podcasting app you listen to. And it's a free way to help the podcast and it's the most effective way to support. However, if you need more content regarding AIL, you want to see pictures of the guest, maybe a short audio excerpt of the episode, check us out on all the social media. Our handle is at an immigrant's life. That's the biz. Now, Let's talk about the episode. Since it's the first week of April, let's start this month with a bang. This week's guest comedy album Trilipino is nominated for the 2022 Juno Awards Comedy Album of the Year. For the ones who doesn't know, the Juno is Canada's answer to the Grammys. Being a fan of comedy, it's always a pleasure having a comedian as a guest. They are so easy to talk to and very honest. Also, just a quick explanation of the title of the episode. I combined the words truly and Filipino as a tribute to our guest comedy special and also about one of the topics we talk about on this episode. It's another fun-filled episode and I'm sure you'll enjoy it. So, without further ado, let's get into the show. Isa, dalawa, tatlo. Today's guest is a straight-up killer comedian. Juno Awards Comedy Album of the Year nominee. Everyone, please welcome Keith Pedro. Hey, thank you for having me, bro. This was an honor, man. I don't know the, about on that, on the, on dude. But this, you, when you, you agreed, I'm like, yo, what's up? <laughs> I mean, like, here's the deal, man. Um, a lot of people always tell me that. They're like, you have... You always are too cool for certain. I just did a, I did a smaller show recently to practice for my special in LA. And it was a very small show. And the host was like, this guy actually responded and said he'd come do a show. He's way too cool for this show. And I was like, <laughs> man, I, 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 here's the thing, man. I, I fuck with everybody, bro. If you, if you took the time to reach out, I'll take the time to respond, man. You know, yeah. I just don't respond to negative shit. That's You're it. real G, man. You're real G. I, I, I really do appreciate you coming on the podcast. I really do appreciate it. Oh, of course, man. No worries, bro. Um, I appreciate you, bro. I appreciate what you, uh, what you're doing, and and you know we need more people like us. <laughs> we need more people like us doing non, non traditional Filipino stuff. So I'm glad you're out here, man. Ah, uh, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that coming from you. Oh, before we move on, if you have something to promote, what's up? Okay, cool, man. Yeah, I just got uh, my comedy album, Trilipino. Check that out. It's on all streaming platforms. And uh, 
I'm going to be shooting a, a special in, in Los Angeles this Sunday. So I don't know when this airs or, or who's listening, but if you're in, and if you're in Southern California, come by to Virgil mm-hmm. on a Sunday, we shoot, shooting a Filipino comedy special for mixed TV, a beautiful uh, production company that does very wonders for a lot of artists, especially Filipino artists. So I'm glad uh, I'm working with them. So that's awesome. pretty much it, man. Everything else, you know, the deal. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Yeah. You're going to do an hour. Um, yeah, probably an hour and a half, maybe an hour and 20. Um, well, I'll probably do like an hour and 40. They're probably going to keep mm. an hour and 10. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do a lot of 20 minutes of, uh, of shit talking. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, I always, you know, there's a lot of, there's obviously going to be some stuff that they, they won't be able to keep. Cause I like to stay interactive with the audience and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But yeah, I'm going to try to aim for a, for a comfortable set. I'm not going to go too crazy, but yeah, like an hour and, and, and something like that. I'll probably do. Beautiful. I love your artworks for your albums. Who makes them? Oh, man. I got uh, a Filipino artist named Harold. Unganko. Mm. Uh, he has like a real <laughs> Filipino last name. Yeah, he, um, long story short, he, he was a, he was a dope artist. He still is a dope artist. Mm. And, um, We, we connected back in 2015 when he did my first album, Grand Ecology. And um, back then, there wasn't any uh, Junos for, for comedy. So the Comedy Award, uh, the Junos for Comedy album, I think started 2017. Mm-hmm. So um, not going to lie, if you heard Grand Ecology, my first album, that shit would have got nominated too, bro. <laughs> yeah, that shit, that's really good, dude. That one's really good. I love it. Thanks, man. I, I love... Um, I just love the, 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 you know, I did more audio sketches for mm. that one. I did like more of like Saturday Night Live, like just like audio. Um, I tried to mix it up, have some stand up, some sketches. We had some spoof of commercials. So it was, it was, it was fun, man. And, and with this one, I felt like Filipino, I felt like it was more of the, of like, all right, here's one that shows you that I'm universally funny. Now here's mm. one like, where I'm just talking my shit. You know, I'm just I'm just talking what I want to say now. If mm. that makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah, dude, man. I, I love it. I, I went, all morning I was listening to all your album. I was just binging it. I've heard it before, but I was like one after the other. Sweet, man. What's your what's your uh you have a favorite um <clears throat> joke or favorite track? Yeah. I like you, I like your jokes about your wife there. The the one you were uh, you go out with your wife and then guys hitting on on your wife and <laughs> you just come in. Oh yeah, I do. I do. I pretend. I pretend I don't know her. Yeah, yeah. So, I love that one. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. What else? Uh, I like the vaccine. The vaccine was good too. Very, very in now. Yes. 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 So the vaccine was kind of like. That was more of a comedic flex. It was everybody couldn't <laughs> even find a show. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm dropping them out. Never mind. You can't even perform. I'll, I'll find a play, one place. And I was, I was lucky because we recorded that album in 2020. Mm-hmm. And that was during the time where it was, it was COVID and, and it was lockdowns, not lockdowns, lockdowns. And then the comedy club Yuck Yucks in downtown Toronto They had three weekends open and then they got shut down. <laughs> I was like the, the second weekend. So the first weekend was kind of slow because people didn't want to come out yet. Second weekend, people were hyped. 
third weekend, uh, I think Omicron was coming or something was coming. Another variant was coming mm-hmm. and then it started slowing down. So I really got a good, uh, I got a good, nice weekend where people were hyped up and uh, we recorded that vaccine with comedy records. And, and uh, I'm just happy we did it because it was more like a, Hey, I have an album waiting, but you're not ready for it now. Oh, let me do, mm. let me do another one. Let me, yeah, let me do one. I love and, it. And it's like the old yeah. school, you know, when the, they have like this singles. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah, exactly. Also, what I, I did what, what I like about the vaccine is the crowd is rowdy. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for noticing that. Yeah. You know, we had to edit a lot, man. Mm. Um, there was yeah, one girl was screaming a bunch of more stuff, and like it just showed. If you really listen to that album, it shows what the world was like in 2020 because people were split views and so much things were happening and people have were very strong opinionated on what was what was happening in the world. And and yeah, I, I, I love that album because I can show it to my son in like 20 years and be like, this is because uh, you know, I had I had kids. Uh, I had uh, twins at, in 2019, so I could show it to my younger sons. Be like, this is what happened. <laughs> this is what thanks, buddy. This is what happened when you guys were one years old. This is what the world was like. <laughs> the but, world yeah. was gonna collapse. We didn't know if we're gonna survive or not. <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. Exactly. <clears throat> Quickly, were you born in Canada? Yeah, born in uh, North York, Ontario. North York. Is, uh, yeah, yeah, North York. That's awesome. Who came first to Canada? Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not, I don't have a close relationship with my pops, but I know my mom came pretty late in life. I think she came when she was, I think, maybe in the early 20s, I do believe. And then I think what my mom told me, I think my dad came when he was like younger, like, like oh, 16 okay. or something. Typical yeah. Filipino mom comes first and then supports the family. Oh, wait. No, you're uh, born here. Yeah, no. Uh, well, well, my well, my tita, my tita Lori came first, so she oh. was the older sister, and then she started bringing everybody over. You know, so yeah, my tita Lori was the one that held it down. My my tita Lori's uh, you know, it's everybody's tita, everybody's oldest aunt. She's the one that leads the rosary prayer. You know what I mean? <laughs> she's, she's like uh, she's like the hub. She's the hub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. man. She's the hub. If 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 there's a beef going on, mm. she has to she has to, you know, put her two yeah. cents in and be like this is nonsense. Or she, she's my tita Laura is also like, you go to her room. It's not a it's not a it's not a safe place to sleep because she has all the, all the statues, all the religious <laughs> statues on the wall. You just scare you. Like, you ever you ever played tag at your your cousin's house when you're a little kid and then you mm. run into you know oh. the, the the tita's tita's house. This room, and then you turn on the light, and it's all the boom. Like, ah! <laughs> Hells yeah, man! And That's don't break room. one That's of them. You're fucked. Yo, yeah, you break one of them. Game over. And you don't even have to tell her you broke it. She'll know. Oh no! She'll sense it. She'll be like, ah, ah. Just, just me, yo. Perdón. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, were you close to the Filipino culture growing up? Um, in terms of like, here's the thing: when you're Filipino in Canada, when you grow when you grow born Filipino in Canada, there's you have that phase where one phase is like, oh, I want to be white, and then another phase is like, oh, I want to be black, and then it's like you have, yeah, you know, what I mean? so it's it's one or the other. So I wasn't really like 
the, the closest thing to the Filipino culture I, what, to me was um, when I played basketball in the mm. Filipino league. I played basketball in the Filipino league. And uh, I wasn't a big fan of that experience. Because Why? it wasn't, um, I don't know. It felt, it felt, you know, I, I personally, I have this joke that I haven't recorded yet. So you probably haven't heard it, but I talk about um, the, the the counter productivity of the Filipinos and the love of basketball. Because it to me, um, you know, it brought the Filipino people together, which was a good thing. But it also brought, um, you know, unnecessary competitiveness. Mm. Um, you know, a lot of like, um, a lot of politics was involved in that, mm. and you know, um, also too like. If you really think about the finance of a typical Filipino's life, like if you look at a typical Filipino family, they spend thousands of dollars for their kids to play basketball, which mm. have done nothing before from. But if you look, if you really look at every Filipino right now that's in the media, it's all through an artistic, creative outlet. You know, Joe Coy with comedy, you got mm. Sweetie Her with music, you got Bruno Mar music, like. You know, some of them are actors now. You got a lot of actors now that are are are, are uh, Filipinos. So you very rarely see, you know, the Filipino basketball player. But now it's now you're getting Filipino basketball players with like Jalen Green and Jordan Clarkson. But then then again, these are these are half breed <laughs> basketball players. You know, you have a problem so, with halves? I don't I don't have a problem with the halves. I just think um there's too much emphasis on, like, like how can I say this? Like, you know when like the Grammys was happening and they're like, oh man, so many Filipino nominees and like they're all half. And I'm like, well, there's there's eight people here, but one's like a quarter, one's half. Like, you know, mathematically, there's two Filipinos. Here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so there's nothing wrong with it. There's been that. I think that if that's that's how. Um, we are getting introduced to the media now is, mm. is through, through half, which is fine, you know, but now I think now that the door is open, yeah. it should be like, Hey, we got, uh, we got some full breads too that are, yeah, we got this cool, face, are, you know what I mean? Yeah. We got, we got some full breads that are pretty cool. Well, are you, uh, you're, you're pretty light. Are you full Filipino? Yeah. 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 I was born there. I grew up there. Where'd you grow up? Uh, I grew up in Rizal, like two hours from Manila. Uh, Rizal, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Your yeah, your family's from Ordeneta. My family's from Ordeneta. Yeah. Um. Um. My dad grew up in Manila, but he's also uh, my dad was uh, the son of a uh, of a um, army dad, so he mm-hmm. he he traveled a lot. So my dad was, but my dad was also, uh, according to my mom, was also Ilocano. Hmm. Ilocanos are like the bosses. <laughs> like We're also people, very loud. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. That when I'm Tagalog, in the yeah. you know, there's a there's always been this thing about Tagalogs and Ilocanos. You know what I mean? And and a lot of I find like a lot of people are like mad at Tagalogs, which we deserve anyway because we're assholes. Because uh, <laughs> we always have. Because as we know, like Tagalog is the main language, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they they created resentment towards Tagalogs, and you know Tagalogs are like cocky motherfuckers. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
Well, it's all about a hierarchy of, of what happened, right? Historically. So, I mean, it's not even, I feel like that's bound to be without anything. Mm, you know? For sure. For sure. For right? sure like, for even sure. if you go to uh, uh, like other countries, you know, they're, they're always like, like, uh, like Italy, like they have a beef with like the Sicilian. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they have, there's always some sort of like in culture beefs. You know, mm, exactly. Like even in like like Portugal, like if you're from the mainland versus, you know, the island. So there's always, you know, there's always that within the within each country. So, mm. um, but yeah, man, I think that, you know, I've been back home and and even knowing that like 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 if we were to walk into a place, let's say if we told each other that we both worked at, um. The Philippines airport, you know, you can tell whose position would be what based on the color of our skin. You know, you definitely you be working in the front, taking <laughs> okay. the tickets. I, I'm gonna be in the back with. The, <laughs> I noticed when I was even in the Philippines, I was doing shows in the Philippines, and one guy came up to me, he's, "Oh, you're really funny. You're, you know, you're so funny, but you can't be on TV. You're too dark." And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I go, yeah, I, I know. I've been turning on the TV. I'm like, who are all these Koreans? I hate it on TV. But it's it's weird because you know you go on, you go back home and and that's the the narrative mm. where you're like, oh man, the lighter you are, the more glamorous you are in, mm-hmm. in the Philippines. But but when you come to North America, it's like. Man, you light skinned dudes. Yeah, we can't. Yeah, gotta go in the sun. I'm not light like, oh, skinned. I'm actually same same color. It's probably the light. No, it's probably the light. But you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. You know, no, I know. You know what I'm trying to say. But yeah, it's probably because you got like a like a, a a glorious ring light right now. Or something. No, I don't. I don't have ring light. It's just normal light. Oh, that's that's good lighting, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, you I know don't. What I'm, trying to say, man. I'm actually like tan. I'm brown. You know what I mean? Like you know, it is uh, like in the winter we get lighter and then. In the summer, we go dark. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Winter, we're like, we become like Korean Chinese, man. And all of a sudden, like, bam, summertime for Spanish. <laughs> all of a sudden. Exactly. Dude, if, if I have, like, one time I was, went to visit my mom's house and I was just mowing, went to, you know, back when she had her house, I, I, I uh, mowed her lawn. Came by, came back home to mow the lawn, and so dark from the sun. The neighbor was like, "Oh, they hired a Mexican helper." <laughs> I swear to God, my my neighbor, my mom's neighbor called. Was like, "Did you hire help? Who's this man?" <laughs> Were they white? The neighbors? Uh, I think uh, the crazy thing is, there's a lot of Filipinos on my neighborhood. I think these were um, they were like a Middle Eastern. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Was there a lot yeah, of really Mexican in uh, Toronto or in your area? Not Mexicans. Mm-hmm. Not Mexicans, man. I don't know. There's not a lot of uh, like Latino community in Toronto is is big, but it's not Mexican. Yeah, it's not Very Central Americans. Yeah, it's a lot of like Colombian, um, Peruvians, uh, El Salvador, like just. Like there's this a festival that goes on in Toronto called Salsa and Saint Clair, and you rarely see a Mexican flag thrown up. But mm. you know, it's just a Mex- it's a it's a Latino festival, but it's great. It's you great mentioned job. that you went back home to perform. Did you perform in like clubs? 
No, no. I um uh, I was offered to perform in clubs, but I was told um like clubs in the Philippines is like you gotta follow like a drag queen mm-hmm. singing and stuff like that. And you know, and then there's no offense to that, it's just I don't feel comfortable like in that scenario. I was like, how do I get how do I be funny after this guy just killed it in a dress? Yeah. Like uh, now you want me to tell jokes about white homeless men like this is not my demographic buddy (laughs) i know that's what i was thinking like i I, like you can't how the style of stand-up in north america bring it to the philippines you're gonna bomb definitely Mm. oh yeah i'm not i'm not um so what i did was i went i did i performed i performed in barakai so that's Mm. like tourist attraction so i was performing with like people from australia from from england you know there was other Canadians there and Americans there. So it was like, it was cool. So, uh, but with that being said, like, no, I wasn't actually in the circuit in the city, mm, like in, yeah. in Manila, but I was in Manila. I was doing, I was hanging out in Manila, but I wasn't doing shows. It was more like a family vacation and, and someone hit me up. It's like, you want to perform in Barakai? And I was like, yeah, dude, yeah, I'm going to be there next week. Let's go. Mm-hmm. So I worked out. Did you go to Urdaneta? No, I didn't have a chance to. Oh, you stayed in Manila. I was in Manila. I, I went to uh, Batangas, uh, Subic, Paracay. We just hit up a lot of spots, but um, we didn't have a chance to go to my 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 native home, my home. But um, I heard that like all of my uh, news reporting and interviews are blowing up though back home, and because I said Urdaneta, a lot of people are going crazy. <laughs> my mom's like, yo. You go home right now. You're the man. I'm like, okay, no. I know, man. You're you're all over the place now, man. You're like the big shit, uh, man. Oh, thanks, man. I'm trying, bro. I'm trying, man. I was talking. To, <laughs> I was talking about you last night with my kids. My kids are half. Yeah. My wife is Canadian. And and I was talking. She's just white. She's his wife. Well, she's Sicilian Irish. God damn. And, and you live in Montreal, right? <laughs> yes, sir. See, that's Mon- that is Montreal. That that's why it's one of my favorite cities. You'll never see the thing with Montreal is like love is love in Montreal. You'll see uh, a brown dude with a with a Chinese girl. You'll see like, you know, it's very, very like super, super diverse. Like I Toronto's diverse, but the people stay within their pockets. There's really? a big group of like, yeah, you know, but you'll see like a big, like, you know, brown dude with a Filipino guy, Asian guy, white guy, Portuguese guy, Latino guy, all hang out with friends. But also too, you know, out of that group of friends, maybe three out of the five will still date within the race. You know, brown mm-hmm. dude would have a brown girl. You know, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Montreal. Um, but not, but Toronto right now is very diverse. There's a lot of people dating, but I feel like Montreal is also like more big on that. I think so. Too, I don't know a lot of Montreal Filipino guys with, with Filipino girlfriends. And I don't know a lot of like, they're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it is what it is. It's great, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, yeah, it's a, that's I agree with you with Montreal is like I remember the first time I came here and I was walking downtown and I was like there's 6 foot 3 white dude with this like petite four I don't know 410 Indian girls yeah. and then the next one will be like a black dude with 
you know, a white girl. You know what I mean? Like it's so mixed. Yeah. And or or you'll see like a fucking twenty-five-year-old girl with a fifty-five-year-old dude. Like there's no, there's no, not even age is is a friggin' thing. Yeah, I and, think uh, I think it's from the French. Yeah, the French French guys. So you were telling your kids? Sorry. Oh yeah, I was telling the kids like like oh I wish I I'm I'm trying to book this guy and. I'm really proud of him because he's Filipino, like full <laughs> bred Filipino. Yeah. Like he looks like us, you know? So <laughs> I was teaching him about representation and, you know, all diversity and whatnot. Like, you know, yeah. it's so important. Like I'm going to show you your, actually I was watching a video of you with him, but <laughs> I chose the wrong clip because we were talking about your Caillou having sex. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, so I was right, watching that, script, so I had to yeah. script. I'm like, yo, don't watch that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have some clean ones uh, online where I got I to gotta mention which ones are clean. But, yeah, I, I got a few clean ones. But, yeah, thank you, man. Hey, appreciate it. Uh, I mean, again, thank you. But, no, I, with my kids, I'm, I'm open with them. Like we can yeah. watch pretty much whatever. There's some, you know, there's some, ba there's some like bar that I don't cross. But I'm really open yeah. to them. We, we pretty much watch anything, you know? That's cool, man. That's cool. You yeah, know? how old are your kids? My eldest is in high school. The youngest is in elementary, about to graduate. Oh, shit. Two yeah. boys? Girls. I only make boys, dude. <laughs> nice, man. So who? Uh, so do you have like other parents you bring on the podcast and talk about? Not really. Stuff? I mean, if I have a guest that is a parent we'll talk about that that's one thing actually okay. i want to talk about with you is you know how challenging it's to be a father doing comedy oh man it's the <laughs> it's hard it's like put it this way you can't tell your kids don't swear when all they do is google their dad's name and all they see is swearing it's it's, it's tough bro mm -hmm. it's but also too it's not um like you know because my comedy is very honest i talk about a lot of things that happen at home sometimes my kids are very you know like yo is he gonna put this on stage man like so it's there's also like there's boundaries and stuff like that like they see like there's times where like i'll be you know like the like i remember one time i was eating korean barbecue with my family and and my daughter's just these guys keep looking at you and i'm like i, I don't know this happens a lot and then <laughs> after they came up they're like hey you're the guy from blah 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 can you take a picture i was like mm. yeah yeah yeah. and then my daughter's like does that bother you and i'm like it bothers you it bothers me if you're bothered by it like mm. you know what i mean so so i told her i'm like you know this is part of my job people are gonna you know gonna gonna stop me if they know who i am some people don't even care and some people don't know and that's that's the best thing about being a canadian artist is is it's half you know you can still have your privacy and still provide for your family <laughs> as an artist but she gets to see those nuances she gets to see these cool things so yeah, yeah there's a lot of times where being a uh an unorthodox father can be in a disadvantage but there's a lot of things that they see as an advantage like small small stuff like that or, or like you know uh I, I go on like there's times where I go to LA getting shows and the, guy, the promoters they fly me out so I tell them like yo get a bigger hotel room and bring my family so they see that too you know 
That's beautiful. Yeah. So, you know, even uh, when my kids were younger, when my bigger kids were younger, I used to take them to like just Niagara Falls sometimes for the weekend, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And it's just cool. So they get like, they understand that my job can be a vacation sometimes. So there's, there's, there's a good, uh, there's a good blend. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Do you tell your kids to do well in school? I tell them to do, uh, I tell them to learn the basics, mm-hmm. to know the basics, to have discipline. Um, I tell them to take everything in school uh, with a grain of salt. Like there's things that they're not going to like, let's be honest, man. There's not going to, they're not going to learn. You don't need all that nonsense. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you know what you want, especially if you know what you want. See, the thing with me is like, I think school is like, <clears throat> you know, to be honest, I just think school is a type, it, it, it pumps out employees, teaches you how to like work for this guy do this, do that, and mm. not really be a critical thinker, mm. you know, um, based on the teacher. Uh, but I think the the basis of, you know, you got to wake up every morning, you got to be in a setting where you see a lot of people, and the fact that you can sit in a classroom and you can see this guy from this type of family, this guy from this, you get to see literally how the world works, mm. you know? So there's sometimes I'll tell my son, I'm like, yeah, he's probably like that because he doesn't have this at home or he's probably like that because he has all of this at home. So this is how you deal with these type of people, with these type of privileged people or, or, or underprivileged people or, or, or you know, I'm, you, you learn more about life when you're in an actual school. So that's why even like a lot of kids were going to online school during this pandemic. It's like they're, they're missing out on some of the most important habits. Mm. that you know school will teach you school will teach you like yo you always you'll get work you know i like the fact that like one teacher gives you homework another teacher gives you homework because without without that type of you know uh work ethic or learning how to balance that you're not going to get that ready for the real world like you know for me like literally i i, I squeeze this in with with family parties and uh family uh sorry about fam- family like daddy duties as well as like i'm ready to fly out to california so i gotta do all this other stuff social media i gotta hit the pr i gotta talk to my accountant i gotta do all this other stuff and and if i didn't do this if i didn't balance this project in, in gym class and social life and then i had school this would be a freaking mental breakdown <laughs> you know what i mean people would go nuts They're like, ah, and they would go nuts so i think um that is is important and what a lot of people don't understand is that you know everybody thinks oh man he's kind of a comedian his, his job is his jokes it's like now the jokes is the break like me telling the jokes there's also still like i gotta still like how to write off things for my taxes i still gotta like respond to emails cordially i still have to do things that i hate and mm-hmm. most of the job that you love is doing the things that you hate <laughs> you know so people think, oh, once once I make it to a certain point, I'm never going to have to do this type of work. No, you're going to have to do it, especially if you're working for yourself, man. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, exactly. So, it's like uh, the comics. You know how like you're reading comics, there's like a square, action, action. Yeah. It's what, like yeah. what happens between the squares. Yes, exactly. You know what I mean? You can, you can read all that. You're a comic book reader. Yeah, you know, I'm a nerd. 
who's your uh i'm a big uh i don't know if you can see the the back of poster here i got uh, an old boy poster i don't know if you watched that movie i haven't old i haven't though I, I haven't seen it though oh yeah i watched it. it's great uh but yeah i'm a big nerd and and and, and stuff like that that was never a comic book but uh i also uh have a lot of like stuff here but uh yeah dude i'm a big uh i jim lee is one of my favorite artists like x-men and and uh 90s x-men and stuff he did with with uh image comics he's like yeah man i'm i'm a big uh do you show your kids uh superheroes i do but i don't know i did it doesn't seem like it interests them because i have a collection of my comics and I show it to oh, them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now they're like in high school and elementary school. Yeah. Now, right now. Yeah. My youngest, yes. Because he's more of like, he's more, I find like he's more of the artist. So he okay. likes it. I show it to him. I try to make him read them, but it's like the words are like too advanced for him. Yeah, true. So, because I have like, again, like I said, collection. But yeah, but not really. What kind of collection do you have? What do you got? Uh, just old ones, dude. Like random. I have DC. I have Marvel. I guess the most, for me, the most important one is um, Frank Miller when he yeah. made The Dark Knight. That's it. That's what I have. Batman? Oh, yeah, yeah, Batman. This is, That's I mean, a good one. It's not much. Frank but you know, great. Yeah, it's, it's great because that was the moment when, you know, they decided like, hey, Batman is becoming like cartoony. Let's make him dark again. Yeah. What, uh, is that your favorite superhero, Batman? I'd say so, yeah. Because he's a badass, you know? Like, he doesn't really have superpowers. He just figure out ways. I always like that. And it's dark. I love the darkness. Oh, yeah, man. So, you know how I feel about Batman, obviously. You heard my album. <laughs> which, which, which? I, uh, I have, I have the, the uh, Antrilopino I talked about. Oh, yeah. About. I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but, like, he doesn't have superpowers. He's just rich. He's just, <laughs> he's just rich. I, I, that's why I don't think... Because here's the thing, like... But Batman, I feel like there can never be a black Batman. There can never be a Filipino. It has to be a white, rich dude who has this unlimited source of, of money and resources. Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. You know, like, uh, Again, like I, I just like the darkness of Batman because I find like he's no, the no, only no, one. I'm just fucking with you, man. Yeah, no, no, I know. <laughs> like that he's willing to do the dirty jobs because Superman is Superman. Superman's boring. Yeah. You know I'm I mean? a big, I'm a big, um, if you read some of old, like Frank Miller too, Frank Miller does, he fucks with the Punisher. Get Not it? really. I don't know why. Man, he's exactly like Batman, but like dark, like darker, darker, darker. He's like, no, he has to kill the person. He's like, he doesn't wear a mask because that's the last thing you're going to see. His face. He's like, I'm going to kill you, bro. I don't need to wear a mask. <laughs> I don't need to wear a mask, bro. And I like that. Oh, like, you know what? I don't like the, it's not, I don't like the Punisher. It's just that. I felt like, I don't know, like, this is the boys, whatever else is, like, they created him, them for money. Yeah. To make more money. That's what I didn't like, you know? Like, what's what's happening now with, like, like, um, with Marvel? They just create, like, the Eternals, the this, the that. Like, yo, let's stick with with the the main guys. This is too much. Yeah, stop throwing those other unnecessary. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Going back to your uh, kids, would you let your kids go on comedy? Uh, I mean, yeah, if they loved it. I mean, it, it's a, it's a hard job, and, and 
a stand-up comedian right now is pretty much a dying art. I feel like it's 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 rock star shit though. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people, um, like stand-up comedy is 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 great, but you got to compete now with a lot of internet comedy. Does that make sense? Mm, like, yeah. like, um, like they say they call it like comedy rock star shit now. So it's like you can blow up to be a huge rock star style comedian, like doing theaters like Kevin Hart and Joe Coy and stuff like that, and just rocking out arenas. And then you know, or you can be that road warrior doing smaller rooms, clubs, and stuff like that. So it's like this art form is is is, is it's it's gruesome, man. <laughs> so it's it's you gotta watch what you say you might get canceled you gotta watch what you post you gotta watch you know you gotta keep coming up with new material it's not like music where you can do like other people's songs and covers and yeah you do old hits old goodies <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah snoop dogg could perform gin and juice in las vegas till the end of time and people you know but you know you can't. like if you have a yeah i can't i can't do the same jokes over and over and over. no one's gonna no no like person's gonna you know i can find i can do that for other for for new audiences new audience and new mm-hmm. audience but if you came and saw me you know <laughs> like if you were like one of my fans if you were one of my fans like back in the day and then you come and see me like 10 years later i'm like this guy's got the same shit <laughs> hell no man <laughs> you know but yeah, I, I completely understand. It's just like, like we know the joke. We need the surprise. No. You know, it's like it's like the NBA dunk contest. We no. we kind of know the p- pattern, but show it to us the way you dunk. Yeah, 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 and, and yeah, exactly. And then when they start to miss, you're like, okay, I see the dunk. I see the dunk already. <laughs> exactly. You mentioned uh, cancel culture. Does it affect your comedy? Oh, yeah, man. I, it, it it makes things harder to write, uh, but which is good. So I think like it it's made, you know, I said the comedian of dying art because you can't say what you have to say, but it's making the guys who know how to say it mm. smartly uh, will survive long. But at the same time, there is no real smart way of expressing your truth. Mm. You know, like Dave Chappelle spent a whole hour and a half explaining why you know the white man is still gets more of an advantage than you know a gay man or or a transgender you know and and that went <laughs> we saw how that ended up like you can't say it any better than that but it's still not good enough you know it's still not you know and i'm not i'm not saying you know i i'm against that community or 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 thing i just i just, i'm just all for comedy I'm all for funny first, and and I thought that special was very funny. But I also uh, don't agree with, you know, uh, p- comics who make a living off like trying to be offensive. Like there's comics out there who just go for that, and that's not cool. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, be smarter, man. You're not just because they at this point. not that because that's their voice. It's just they're going for that controversy. Exactly, they're going for the um, yeah, it's like clout chase. You know, yeah. it's like you don't have to do this. <laughs> you know, you don't have to do this. Exactly. Is Chappelle your main guy? Um, in terms of like a blueprint, yeah, man, he's he's. I I watched. I, I grew up watching Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle was like 
my dude. I'm uh, from his stand-up specials to his like sketch show. I did a show where um, I produced at the Second City Theater in uh, Toronto back in the day, like 2014. Um, I did this yearly this annual show where I, I would do stand-up off the top and then do live sketches and videos sort of in a Chappelle show format. So like this guy inspired a lot of um, people such as myself. He's a dude. I like him. Uh, Patrice O'Neill hmm. was also one of my favorite comedians. Chris Rock was was probably the first. Uh, he was like my Eddie Murphy. People were like, oh, Eddie Murphy, delirious. Da, da, da. Like, I, I remember watching those as a kid growing up, but not watching it fully and hmm. understanding it as much. You know, to me, Eddie Murphy, uh, I love them in Coming to America. Like, I was just a different generation for me. Like, not... Maybe I would say generation, but his art was shown to me differently mm. um, as the way I took in Chris Rock and, and Dave Chappelle. Like, I always knew Eddie Murphy as, like, he was Axel Foley to me first. Then, you know, and then I got older and then I already watched Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle who are fucking, you know, right after, like, they took what Eddie Murphy did. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like what imagine watching, you know, Zach Levine dunk and then someone showing you Michael Jordan's dunk off. You're like, well, mm. I, I get he was good, but But have you seen this guy? Free throw line, that's it. You know, so it was mm. like that. Like I know, you know, Michael Jordan is a classic, but like I know Eddie Murphy is considered one of the, the best. But when I saw him, when I saw his actual stand-up stand-up. It was already too late for me because I've already got so much understanding. If that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Like even like in movies, like if you watch the original Star Wars, you're like, "What the fuck is this garbage?" <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, pretty much that. Yeah, you're you like, know what I mean? Man. Like it's great then. It didn't really carry over now. Yeah, but you know what? The only movie is. I, mean, I had this debate on another podcast. <laughs> you know what? The only movie is where the first one is actually still the best. Uh, Jurassic Park, man. The first one, <laughs> you can make all these cool new movies and all introduce all these, but the first one is still, like if you watch that one now, the very first one now, you're like, okay, this, this is pretty sick. I agree, I agree. I guess we're talking about like using CGI and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Jurassic one, it's especially the new ones, it's just like controlling the... The dinosaur. I'm like, yo, you cannot control a dinosaur. That's like controlling yeah, a goddamn much. alligator. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and the thing is too is like the the way they made the first Jurassic Park very suspenseful. There was a lot of like, oh shit. Yeah, they yeah. never really like, like they never really showed the T Rex. Like you'll see like a claw or the eye, but you don't really see the whole thing until like later. Yeah, and then yeah. it was great. And then well, yeah. that's Spielberg, right? Like he jaws. Remember Jaws? You don't really see the goddamn uh, the, yeah. the shark. The shark. The shark until later. Yeah, that's another movie I watched too later already. I remember, like, you gotta watch Jaws, and I watched it after a bunch of us. Like, yeah, it's good. I get it. Yeah, you know, I get it. <laughs> I remember watching that when I was, I I'll say about maybe I was six, maybe five. We watched it. My dad was like, "Let's watch this shit." All right, okay, we'll watch this. <laughs> that next weekend, we were going to the beach. Oh man, no! <laughs> Guess who didn't go in the water? 
course. <laughs> of course. I wouldn't go in the water either. That's torture. And my, that's literally know, torture. Typical Filipino dad, is he's like, oh, you know, don't be gay. Get in the yeah, water. Yeah. Get in the water. It's not bad. It's nonsense. <laughs> I mean, I love my dad. He loves movies. I got my love for movies from him. It's just like, he, when I was seven, he showed me Nightmare on Elm Street. And we talk about it sometimes. Like, yo, you showed me when I was seven. I was so scared. He's like, oh, you know, don't be gay. <laughs> I'm like, it's not about being gay. I was seven. Yeah. 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 That's so funny, man. You know, it's like typical macho about? mentality, right? Oh, yeah. What are you crying for? <laughs> Watch a movie. Look, there's boobs in it. I can't sleep. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you scared of blood? You scared of blood? No, yeah. Um, but <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, you're about to record your comedy special for your album Triple Pino. How excited yeah. are you? Ooh, buddy, I don't. Uh, man, I'm very <laughs> excited. I'm very excited. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm actually nervous. Tell you the truth, I'm very nervous. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a new milestone in my career, man. So mm-hmm. you know, recording a special and doing it in fucking LA. Which is great. We went where Tiffany Haddish did her special at the Virgil. So it's a legendary comedic comedy venue. And I don't know. I'm just blessed. God is good, man. Mm. Yeah, I'm just grateful. I just, that's all I have to tell you, man. I, I've been working at this a long way. And uh, the crazy thing is, like, even before the Juno and the Canadian Screen Awards and like doing the roast battles and all that stuff, like uh, on TV, I, I was already planning. This is something that I really wanted to do. I was more like, yo, I'm going to go to the States again and start performing and get my name out there. I just teamed up with a dope-ass production company and management team with Mix and mm-hmm. ABN, uh, ABS, CBN, and, and now we're rolling, bro. Now <laughs> we're rolling. I'm and, happy for uh, you. Thanks, man. And, then, and the best thing about them is like, yo, they're supporting everything, man. They believe in the dream. They're just... You know, anything they, uh, anything I'm saying, I'm like, yo, I, I want to do like this, like whatever you need, man, whatever you need, <laughs> and like, they're, they're so good. And, you know, shout out to Rosalind, she's my manager and my team. So, man, she's just, yeah, we don't know, like, where the limit is because we're going to go, we have, we have plans of going to San Jose, mm. uh, Brea, California, Hawaii, you know what I mean? A lot of Ilocanos in Hawaii, so I'm just coming there. That's amazing, man. Sean, bro. Sean, what's up? <laughs> mm, for sure. Did you ever think of moving to New York or LA? I'm trying to move to California. Yeah, I'm mm. trying to move to California. I got. I'm, I'm working on my uh, my um, my citizenship to get over there, and uh, mm. hopefully, uh, you know, it's. I love Canada, but Canada is, you know, how it is over here, man. They don't care about you until you get American love. You know, yeah. Canada's yeah. like the ex-girlfriend that wants you back after someone else grabbed you. Especially <laughs> if it's America. If it's, if it's America. She's like, wait, what? Who's this bitch? She's like, oh, you had your chance with me. Right. So, I mean, there's a lot of people who've been giving me um, good opportunities, though. So I'm not going to say Canada wasn't here helping me out. No, like a lot of people, mm-hmm. you know, just for laughs, Bell, Bell Media. CBC radio, CBC, you know, there's a lot of people who did, you know, mm. who's been swore me and a lot of my shit. So that's good. It's funny because, <laughs> you know, Montreal is like the mecca for comedy. 
course. But yeah. you have to go to LA and New York to blow up. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, we'll see. With, with Montreal, I noticed with Montreal, you guys have the festival. So when you have the festival, so um, I noticed like with with Montreal, it was like you guys get spoiled. You know what I mean? You get, you get the best comedians coming out, doing all their dope shit, and then they leave. Mm. And then you are forced to watch these guys try to make it. And you're like, really? I just watched. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just, yeah. I just watched like, you know, Bill Burr or Chris Kevin Hart for, you know, an hour. And now you're, I got to watch you. <laughs> but personally, yeah. I like that because it's like, you know, getting into the mixtape, you know, like before yeah. that person blows up or whoever the person is. I'm yeah. there. I could say like, yo, I've been listening to him since like, I don't know, like the first album. Yeah. yeah. So it doesn't like for me, like comedy is comedy, you know? Yeah. Like if it's good, it's good. I don't care the name. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, man. What's your opinion about comedians publishing their specials on YouTube? Uh tough man i mean you got to get it the way you got to get it i mean a lot of if you notice it's like a lot of the straight white guys that are doing that because it's hard right now for a straight white guy uh like that's where you got to do <laughs> your special oh um, like there's a guy named mark norman have you heard of mark norman hells yeah i'm a i'm a big fan oh yeah so he's he's the thing with mark, here's the thing i love mark norman man i love i love his he's like the new seinfeld but for mm. me like i felt like for me, I can't I can't handle that pace for an hour. Yeah, you know I mean, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm also like ADHD, and I'm also a comedian myself. I love the guy; he's he's freaking amazing. And uh, there's just so much cool guys dropping shit on YouTube. And I mean, like, if that's the way you gotta get it, bro, then get it. I'm not gonna hate on anybody or criticize anybody for trying to do what they need to do to get it. I mean. I'm not in their position. I'm not in their situation. So I don't know how that is. And with me, like I'm with a production company that I feel really believes in me. So when, when I'm going to drop this, you know, they got really good a relationship with Amazon and who knows where we can get it. So I just want to shoot something where to me, I want to shoot something where like, you know, I feel like I got a dope product and, mm. um, I'm not trying to give that shit away for free. You know, <laughs> I'm not trying to, it's like the, it's like when the Joker comes in mm. the dark night, he goes, when you're good at something, don't do it for free. So, I mean, uh, if whoever buys a special buys a special, however they want to take it, you know, is how we're going to take it. So, um, I'm not, I'm not in that, those people's situation. And I totally understand what you're doing. The only reason why I'm doing it this way is because, you know, I have this team that believes in me. And I think uh, working with a production company on is more beneficial on my end. So, mm -hmm. uh, but a lot of guys get it on YouTube, man. And though, and look, Mark, you're a big fan of Mark Norman. Like, I'm pretty sure if this dude pulled up in Montreal, he'll sell out. He'll sell out. Yeah, yeah. You know, he'll fill the place up and sell the hell out. So good for him, man. And he knew that's the, that's the format nowadays drop something for free and then when you come see me there's, there's a fee <laughs> you know? yeah exactly but i mean of course when he started he got well not when before he blew up seinfeld kind of like knighted him you know what i mean yeah like yeah he gave this, him the cosign 
exactly. He, this yeah, guy's going like, to be the next guy. guy. You know? Yeah. And then, and, of uh, course, he got connected to the Rogan people, and that was it. Yeah. And then it's game over, yeah. Exactly. Game over from know? there. Recording a special. Mm-hmm. I imagine it's bittersweet since you're finally, quote-unquote, resting your jokes. Do you uh, yeah. miss your old jokes? Ooh, that's a good question. Do I miss my old jokes? Uh, I don't want to ask that. That's a really good question. Um, I do, but I don't. Hmm. I, I there's still there's so much fun in doing new jokes and watching it pop, but then there's also a really good satisfaction when you know someone talks about something old. Like I have an old joke where I talk about. Um, the millennial world war. Like if there was, if you went to what war right now, if there was a draft, and it was very I, old. It was like, I love this. Yeah. Bit, bro. I love this. One. <laughs> oh, thanks man. And it's, it's old man. It, to me, it's old. Cause I've been working on it since like maybe 2016, 2015. And that joke goes long. Mm. I talk about if, if you really, when I first started, I was talking about how like, um, the real world is not going to be fought by soldiers. It's going to be fought on drones. So, mm-hmm only ones who are really getting drafted are these virgins, these 38-year-old virgins who are living in their mom's basement. And it's like, they're not even having their name. Like, well, where's, where's Private Ryan? He's like, Sarge, call me by my gamer tag. Trill Dick 69 or something. Like, you know what I mean? Like, something stupid. So I had so much more to that joke. And I even like how, like, the dietary preference, like, everybody has all these dietary preference. I'm like, even if, if even if uh, we were hiding in a base, uh, they would find us because they would just look for that one spot in the desert that's getting all these random deliveries of kale, quinoa, <laughs> and soy the milk. avocado you mentioned. The avocado, yeah. So I, it was it, the joke went long. The joke mm. went hella long, and. Uh, and I think, and and for the special, that's what I'm gonna do. For mm. those who don't, who haven't heard the longer form of these jokes, um, that's you know. I can't wait! I can't that's wait. That's what I'm. That's what that's what I'm doing. So, uh, but do I miss all the jokes? But certain jokes like that, like now I talk about that with Ukraine. Mm. So now it's not even an old joke anymore. It's still relevant. <laughs> it is actually. So, yeah, so now there's like there's things like that who that can reoccur into a full circle, but mm-hmm. uh, in terms of other older older like ones I can't even touch no more, man. Mm-hmm. Like I love just bringing them in my back pocket and be like, oh, you forgot about this one. Once in a while, uh, eh? once in a while, yeah. But hey, I, listen, Seinfeld did a special with his old jokes. Was it good? I didn't watch it. Was it good? I mean, it's their old jokes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It, well, they're good jokes, but you know the punchline. Oh yeah, you know it's coming. You know, you know it's coming. The only, I think, the only comedian that could do that would be Dice Clay, I guess. Yeah. Sure. You know, with his rhymes. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's the only guy. He's the only guy that does it like a rock star. He's the only comedian who could say his jokes and then put the mic to the crowd, and everybody will finish his jokes for him. Exactly. You know. I noticed you don't star. do ethnic jokes. Is that by design? In terms of what do you mean? Like, don't like do you don't really jokes. like you don't really lean on the Filipino accent or anything like that, you know? Oh, okay. 
Um, because when you talk about ethics, I'm like, I shit on white people a lot. I don't know if you noticed. Oh no, no, that I know. <laughs> no, maybe not white people, white privilege. I feel, I, I know the difference, mm. but um, I think, I think uh, with that type of humor, it's it's so squeezed out and rinsed. Where like, you know, Joe Coy does he does a great job with that. Mm. You know, Rex Navarrete has been doing a great job with that. Uh, Guys online are doing great job of that. You know, happy, happy sip, and and uh, and um, Michael Michael Bustos. These guys are doing great with it, and it's like, but that's not me because if I do that and you come see me, I'm not gonna do that. So <laughs> like, I have to keep whatever online is whatever on stage, and I have to keep online whatever I do on stage and whatever that I'm doing there has to be my life. So I can't. You know, everybody probably has some sort of Filipino pronounced their P's and V's like this joke, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm, why am I going to do that? When, you know, think about it. Like, there could be the uh, a fucking Filipino all-star show right now. Put them all up right now. I guarantee you, when we go, when we go on stage, my jokes will be different. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? I You'll, you can watch 20 Filipino comedians. All in a row, you could put me at number sixteen. I guarantee you, my jokes will be different from the fifteen before me because mm-hmm. they're not going to have my point of view. They're not going to talk about what I'm talking about. Like, you know, Completely I have different. so many. Right, I don't want to talk about you know Tita Baby and Uncle Boy. Like, it's first seventeen guys are going to do that. The first eight guys are going to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so if if I stay true to myself, I can't be a joke thief. Because it's like, <laughs> you stole that joke, really? I, I stole your life? This is my life. <laughs> Has it ever happened to you that somebody steals your joke? Oh, all the time. Really? Uh, you know, sometimes it's small nuances. And, 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 and you know, I used to say this thing like, uh, I'm not racist, I'm observant. And, mm. like, you know, I hear a lot of, like, some comics will, like, throw that as a, you know, throwaway line, or mm-hmm. and that's not even like just a joke, but that's just something like those like saw nuances that guys will steal, and there's actual premises that guys will take. But uh, I've been coming up to and people be like, "Yo, you know that guy has a joke like that." I'm like, "But it's like this," you know, and um, I just don't think that you know, like there is another Canadian comic who's been doing um, another a similar World War joke and. He mentions peanut butter and all that stuff. I haven't even heard it. I haven't even heard it. And um, some old, other OGs were like, yeah, man, you know, so-and-so got something similar like that. I'm like, oh, man, let's hear it, dude. Let's let's put it on the map. Let's see what it does. And you know what I mean? I haven't had a chance to hear it, but he's a, he's a good writer. So I'm pretty sure that, like, it's also a good joke. But, you know, um, I have let so much layers to mind that it's, You'll know it's mine. <laughs> Do you know what yeah. I mean? Does that I think make sense? Pat- like- I think Patrice O'Neill talks about this. That he says that they can take away the joke, but they cannot take away the essence because it's your point of view. Exactly. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's, it's it's yeah. So my point of view is very very strong on all my jokes and and like you can't talk about you know having twins and half Jamaican stepdaughter and you know what I mean like, like, like whose life is this is my life man you can't you know, I, mean, I, I talk about all that shit you know? mm-hmm. do you watch other comics in terms of like 
like famous comedians? No, like your contemporaries. Like my peers and stuff? Yeah. Yeah, if they're on the same show, I'll watch them. Mm. I don't watch a lot because sometimes, I'll be honest with you, right now, where I'm at in, in Toronto, usually I'm at the end of the show. So I'll come late. I won't see the guys in the beginning because I'll come I'll come from another gig or or I like to spend family time where, you know, I've made it to a point where I can just chill the fuck out. I don't like, <laughs> I don't like you know what I mean? If the guy's like, yo, man, you're on at 9.30, trust me, I'll be on. I'll be there at like 9.10. And then the show's at like 8 o'clock. I'll be like, what time am I on? 9.30? Okay. I'll be there like 20 minutes, half an hour right before I need to go on. <laughs> yeah. You don't hang Sometimes out anymore. I'm, I'm not, I don't really hang out that much anymore, man. Tell you the truth. Mm. I don't. And the crazy thing is the reason why is like back to what we're talking about uh, moving to the States is because most of my peers have moved on. Mm. You know, a lot of them didn't have families like me. So most of my best friends that I, I, I started in comedy now live in New York and LA and are doing uh, amazing things such as myself and you know they'll, they'll message me down south and be like yo get that judo boy uh, <laughs> but we don't care about that here in america i'm at the laugh factory tonight or like i'm doing a cruise buddy mm-hmm. but uh have your little fun uh you know I mean? like, i'm like oh you know i'm still holding it down so that's the thing it's like when you've been doing comedy for this long you know and your peers leave the, the, the country you kind of feel like you're still in grade 12 while everybody graduated so like i'm hanging out with these like guys that i used to see in grade nine and i'm like yeah well you know i see oh you got a lot better bro like you know i mean like that's all i'm seeing is like, a lot of guys about getting a lot better and the best thing though is is now i'm at a point where like i can just be like at certain local shows I, sometimes I turn it down because I don't even like who's on the show. I'm like, I don't want to hang out with this <laughs> with these people. You know, so. I'm excited for uh, your move, man. I think it's going to be good for you, especially your, for your comedy, for your art. Thanks, man. It won't it won't be for a while because it, it, it's, it's uh, um, I'm trying to move there to like probably within the two to three years and mm. um, just hopefully get it. Like I got these twins, so I kind of want to make them go to school first. You know, I think school in Canada is important, sort of, too. So maybe, like, around first, second grade, get up and move, man. But I'm still going to be going back and forth in the States. So that's the plan. Just keep coming back and forth. Um, my, my original move is I think I want to – I just came back from Vegas, and I think I want to just go there first. Move to Vegas first because, man, it's fun over there. <laughs> mm-hmm. For sure, man. Hey, listen, yeah. I don't want to take too much time off you and your family. I really do no, appreciate cool, you man. coming on, dude. Of course, bro. Yo, anytime, man. Uh, appreciate, you know, the support and, you know, the fact that you look like me and you're doing your thing and, you know what I mean? You get you getting half-breed kids, getting spreading that Filipino seed, buddy. Do what you, you know got to do, dog. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right, Aaron, man. Take care, boy. This was fun. My man. Peace. Peace. Thank you again, Keith, for coming on the podcast. I really do appreciate it. Thank you, listeners, for listening. This is Aaron Doliosa for An Immigrant's Life. I'll see you guys later.